You are listening to the Center Church Podcast. Center Church is an unapologetic urban church in the heart of Richmond for the heart of Richmond. Our mission is simple, to empower people towards a life-giving journey with Jesus. Enjoy the podcast. Okay, everybody. Thank you all so much for sharing. It's always a delight to share some of our stories. Yeah. And uh, I hope you all got to share some good stories about receiving gifts. Receiving gifts. Um, Has anyone ever heard of gift giving as a love language? Heard of that before? Okay. Um, Are people familiar with that? Love languages? Gary Chapman outlines five love languages in which we may express and experience love. They are acts of service, gift giving, physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation. Some of y'all have heard of this stuff before. I'm a words guy. Words mean a ton to me. Gifts are not really my love language. And so I can struggle to give or receive love with gifts. Upon receiving a gift, maybe you too have said, or maybe you've heard someone say something like this, oh, you shouldn't have. You ever heard that? Oh, you shouldn't have. Or, oh, I can't possibly accept. Or, you didn't need to do that. Have you heard that one? You didn't need to do that. But a gift isn't really about needing to do it, is it? I hope not. I hope not. A gift isn't required like a toll. A gift isn't earned like a paycheck. A gift is just a gift. It's it's grace. It's grace. But grace can be painful to us. Ouch. You shouldn't have. Oh, you didn't need to do that. It can be kind of painful to us. How are you at receiving grace? All right, let's... Let's put Stephen on the spot here, okay? I'm sorry. I did not prepare him for this. We're going to put Stephen on the spot. Um, Stephen and I found out that we both collected baseball cards when we were kids, and Stephen was a Cubs fan, still is a Cubs fan, so I am literally going to extend grace here, and that is first baseman Mark Grace. I'm going to extend grace as a gift. Stephen, this is for you. I love you, Stephen. That's for you, all right? painful. I know. It's painful. All right. Well, this month in worship, we've been talking about gifts of God for the people of God. And we started here at the table. If you remember, we talked about the gifts of bread and wine, how they hold the mystery of Christ's self-giving to us. It's beautiful, holy mystery. And then Stephen led us to reflect on faithfulness, and patience, two spiritual gifts or fruits of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And today I want to reflect on the gift of love. I want to talk about love as grace. Love as grace. Because what does love even mean? We use that word a lot. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Okay. SNL from way back. All right. Um, We say that word a lot. I love the bachelorette. 
I love peeps. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> we say love all the time, but what's love got to do with it, right? Really? Well, in the list of fruits of the Spirit, love is number one. Love is number one. And we may all agree that we should love. We may even claim to be loving people. I mean, what does a true Christian look like? You're looking at it. Yeah. Until someone cuts me off in traffic, in short pump. And until the internet is down somehow. Until COVID hits home. Or until I read the news and a white supremacist is so unwilling to see black people's humanity that he has shot up a grocery store in Buffalo, New York. What is love? Because I need that gift. I need that gift. In our reading today, Jesus is sharing the Last Supper with his disciples. And if you know this story, you may know that Jesus talks a lot about love. And he keeps showing love through grace. He breaks bread and blesses wine and gives it to his friends. He washes their feet in this story. And all of these demonstrations of love, of grace, are painful. They are painful to his disciples. Peter says, it's too much. You're not going to wash my feet. Oh, you don't need to do that. Oh, no. But Jesus says, I will, I will, and you all will wash each other's feet too. Now, this is a heck of a way to act in the darkest, most dangerous night of Jesus' life because people are coming to arrest him and put him to death. This is a time of anxiety and fear for Jesus. Now, when you are anxious and afraid, how do you tend to act? How graceful are you in those moments? Is that when you're just pouring out with love? I'm not. I am not. I am usually not very graceful in those kinds of moments. But with Jesus, it is grace upon grace. He offers up yet another gift here. He says, when I am gone, the advocate, the Holy Spirit will teach you everything. And remind you of all that I've said to you. You see, Jesus promises the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to celebrate Pentecost when that promised gift comes to the early church. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, the first fruit of which we know is love. In this anxious time, Jesus just keeps loving. What a model for us. In this anxious time, Jesus just keeps loving. He gives the gift of himself, gift after gift. He pours himself out. It's overwhelming. It's all just grace. And what happens when our love is put to the test? When death and fear are all around, like at the Last Supper, how graceful are we in those moments? You see, grace is love when things don't go your way. Grace is over and beyond what we had in our control. Grace will mess you up because grace sees that you are already messed up. 
and grace will go the extra mile to meet you. Of all my summer camp counseling memories, I was a summer camp counselor for many years, and of all those memories, the one in which I was least sure that we were going to make it <laughs> was when I led a group of middle schoolers on a five-day hike on the Appalachian Trail. And three middle school girls on the same cheerleading team had come equipped with trendy tennis shoes and socks that could not be seen. Now, is this still a style thing? It was an absolute no if you could see your socks. No-show socks? Thank you. Thank you. No-show socks. If you could see the socks, it was a major faux pas. And that really matters on the Appalachian Trail, right? <clears throat> And this meant that two days and 20 miles in, they were developing blisters on their unprotected ankles. And on the third day, on the third day, <laughs> we were hiking up the priest. <laughs> oh, all right, okay. <laughs> we were hiking up the priest, a 4,000-foot elevation mountain with 37 grueling switchbacks up the hill. And that was when the storm rolled in. Rain was pouring, and these three middle school girls just kept dropping back further and further. And I finally, I, I tried to stay with them, but I, at some point I had to press on to get to the top to set up camp for everyone. I'm still trying to explain. It was the right thing. It really was. <laughs> it was dangerous. Something could have happened to them. And I waited up there at the top. I waited and I waited. And the rest of the group straggled in with the other counselor, but there was still no sign of those three girls. So I was putting on my pack with the medical equipment to go back down when I heard the strangest sound. Singing. Three girls singing. And our mouths just dropped open when we saw them crest the hill into the campsite. They were drenched to the bone, tiny, soaks sock, uh, tiny socks soaked. <laughs> Their arms were over each other's shoulders, and they were laughing and singing. It was love, but hey, they loved their socks. It was more than love. It was grace breaking through. Y'all, when it comes to loving like Jesus, we need breakthroughs. We desperately need breakthroughs. Can you say that with me? Ready? When it comes to loving like Jesus, we need breakthroughs. Amen. We, we agree that we should love. Yes, and love is the fruit of the Spirit, numero uno. But we need a radical reconception of love. What is love really in our own lives, in yours and mine? What is love in our community? Our stilted love longs for the abundance of grace. Painful but liberating grace. Archbishop of El Salvador, Oscar Romero, said... We have never preached violence except the violence of love which left Christ nailed to a cross. The violence that we must each do to ourselves to overcome our selfishness and such cruel inequalities among us. 
the violence we preach is not the violence of the sword, the violence of hatred. It is the violence of love, of kinship, the violence that wills to beat weapons into sickles for work. You see, we are called to love in a way that hurts us. We're called to love in a way that hurts us. That's the love that leads to the cross. So it cannot be comfortable all of the time, or even most of the time. We may feel like we've reached a mountaintop, but we've reached it in dinky socks and pouring rain. It's painful. We're going to feel every step that it took to get there. But that kind of love that leads to the cross also has the grace to break through, right? To break through death, to break through a tomb, to counteract hatred and white supremacy and the disease of gun violence with the violence of love. To break through with resurrection, with new creation, with heaven on earth on RVA as it is in heaven. There's some cool people that talk about that. You see, friends, we are not talking about some tentative, white, middle-class, comfortable love, but overflowing, self-emptying, discomforted, painful grace where we give ourselves up as gifts for the world. We lay aside our preferences. We die to ourselves we let our lives be poured out in grace, grace, grace. And let me tell y'all, a faith community like this, formed of two congregations and two traditions, giving themselves up again and again to become one, we're primed. We are primed. Primed for the gracious way of the cross. I mean, has this made you uncomfortable at times, <laughs> again and again? Have you been singing different songs in a different space with different people? Me too. And that discomfort may be a liability in this world where we want our choices, 31 flavors, let me pick the one I like best. That may be a liability in this world, but that discomfort is an asset in heaven on earth. It's an opportunity to follow Jesus that much more closely. Give thanks to God for a discomforted church because it is that much closer to giving itself up as a gift for the world, just like Jesus. All around us, people are letting their differences and their discomforts divide them. Politics, privilege, even church... My denomination, the United Methodist Church, is actively dividing. Get choked up. Traditionalists on human sexuality are leaving. They started the Global Methodist Church on May 1st. And it's so easy to say, good riddance. But y'all, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. I have been a United Methodist all my life, and I love it. I love it. I love being a Methodist. I spent last Friday at Richmond Hill, the retreat center here in Richmond, on a soul care 
a soul care retreat uh, with a bunch of Methodist clergy, and I, I got to lead a workshop on singing the Psalms as a spiritual practice. And it was with a bunch of Methodist clergy, and I know that sounds nerdy, but we nurtured each other. I love the gift of being part of a connectional church because it's never all about me. What a relief that in Christ I am not acting alone. The Apostle Paul calls it the body of Christ. Like a body, we have many parts. And Paul says, the eye can never say to the hand, I have no need of you. Good riddance. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you, good riddance. And all around us, friends, all around us, people are telling each other, I don't need you. I don't need you. You don't think the way I do. You don't love the way I do. You don't worship the way I do. Good riddance, I don't need you. And in this collaborative community, we've said, hey, you're different, and I need you. You're different, and I need you. In the body of Christ, we give up the lie that we can do it alone. Or we give up the lie that the hands can all sequester themselves and do their thing apart from the eyes over here and the feet over there. We give that up. We give up the self-centered lie. We give up our lives to live together. So... Here's a question for you. Is there someone that you're struggling with in your life? Is there someone you're struggling with? Someone who gives you pain and you just want to cast them off and say, I don't need it. I see you laughing. (laughs) Okay. All right. You may know someone like that. You just want to cast them from your life. And the world says, well, you don't need them. Divide. Retreat to your echo chamber. Go ahead. But I I invite you into a a safe space right now. Uh, If you want, you can close your eyes or you can maintain a soft gaze at the floor or somewhere, okay? And I invite you to hold that person in prayerful mind right now. You're in a safe place. I gently invite you to hold that person in mind and hear these words. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Friends, we... We have been given the way of the cross. And we are invited to love to the extent of grace. We are invited to love to the extent of grace. Let us open our arms to each other, even when it hurts, because that's the vision of the cross. Arms open. In a world of suspicion and division and self-protection, let us be known for grace. Like Jesus, let's extend our very selves. 
want to invite the members of the band to come up. I want to offer you all this blessing because this is our this is our vision of what love is. It's like this. Oh, and I want to be like this so much. I want to be like this. But this is our vision of love. Love to the point where it hurts. It hurts to keep our arms open. Ow. <laughs> but receive this blessing. May you be open to receive the gift of breakthroughs that God can accomplish. And may the violence of Christ's love break you open as you offer yourself to grace. And so may heaven be found on earth in you.